Hello and welcome back to the Yeshua Judaism podcast. Before beginning, I want to apologize. I'm having a, a mild throat irritation, and hopefully it will not impact the audio. But I apologize for that, and let's begin. Today, we will begin a series of podcasts. It will probably go three parts, possibly four parts, that will discuss what I've often said may be the most important single bit of material on the Torahofmessiah.org website that every Christian should read. And I really mean that. This particular discussion I first put forth in written form on the website, I would say possibly approximately 15 years ago. And indeed, it is a discussion that every single Christian needs to be made aware of. Why do I say that? Because in this discussion, I am going to prove, yes, prove beyond any reasonable doubt, that Christianity not only does not teach to follow Christ, it actually opposes and teaches against following Christ or Messiah. And it is very easy to prove. Now, as I've said in other podcasts, the primary target audience for the Yeshua Judaism, excuse me, the Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts, the primary target audience are is Christians. Because the desire is to rescue them from the lawless and pagan clutches of Roman-based Christianity. The New Testament faith was kidnapped and redefined by Rome, beginning under Emperor Hadrian as soon as the second century. And by the fourth century, it had basically been completely usurped by Roman ideology, Roman pagan anti-Tor or anti-law ideology. And from there, from the 4th century on, beginning basically at the Council of Nicaea, the apostate Christian faith, which differs from the New Testament teachings in crucial areas, the apostate faith began to grow, and that's what it's been ever since. And, of course, Yeshua Judaism, since the actual faith of the New Testament, is a sect of the Judaic faith. It is a Torah-focused system of beliefs. It is a Torah-focused ideology. Since that's the original New Testament faith, we call it Yeshua Judaism. Yeshua is the accurate and true name of Messiah, which is unfortunately falsely uh, presented as Jesus by Christianity in part due to their anti-Semitic foundations and the fact they don't want to give a Jewish name to the Messiah, so they use the name Jesus. Anyway, I won't go on that. I won't go on that uh, down that rabbit trail any further. The point is, this is perhaps the most important discussion that a Christian can hear, because it opens the door to realization, to their understanding of just how horribly uh, defective the current modern Christianity category of religions 
is defective because it teaches to oppose the example of Christ. Now, so let's begin. And this, will, this, of course, is in written form, in PDF form, on the TorahOfMessiah.org website. If you wish, you can go to the website, and you can download it, you can read it, you can do whatever you wish. But on the studies page of the Torah Messiah website, you'll see this is one of the articles, one of the discussions that's near the top of the list. And uh, so what we'll be doing is going through that. So I'm taking basically the, the written material and I'm presenting it now in audio format in the podcast. And again, please, share this with your Christian friends. They need to hear this. Because if a sincere, and that's asking a lot, if a sincere Christian who truly loves Christ hears this, it's going to have a permanent effect on them because Christians need to decide. And this is a huge point. If you're a Christian, you need to decide. Do you love God and his anointed one, Messiah? Or do you love your church? Which do you love? Which one? Because if your church is teaching against following Christ, and you stay there in that church, then don't claim to love Christ or Messiah. Don't claim to do so, because you don't. If it teaches against the example and, and lifestyle of Messiah himself, of Yeshua or Jesus himself, if it teaches against his lifestyle, belief system, and teachings, and you stay in that church then please do not misrepresent yourself by claiming to actually love Christ or love God. So here we go. Does Christianity truly follow Christ? Christianity's deceitful grand conspiracy. First, an introduction. This discussion will present easily grasp unambiguous facts from the Bible that for the vast majority of Christians will be a stunning and disturbing revelation. It is a revelation which proves that they have been deceived into accepting grossly unscriptural teachings. I ask that you please lay aside the impulse to react negatively and instead, review the evidence presented with an open mind. Put simply, this discussion exposes Christianity's most infamous and well-conceived institutionalized hypocrisy, a hypocrisy of a truly profound scale. The hypocrisy of which I speak is the easily proven fact that most Christians do not follow Christ and, furthermore, are not being taught to do so by their Christian leaders. In fact, whether they know it or not, Christianity's leaders are zealously teaching against following Messiah. Now, a brief clarification. Within this discussion, I utilize terms such as Christian Christianity, and Messianic 
in, a, in an obvious negative context at times to the terms, is intended to target the broad category of religions that fall under the definition of Christianity. And the terms are not meant to target individual Christians. Please understand that. Since there are essentially thousands of diverse groups which call themselves Christian, the terms also do not necessarily apply to each and every one of those groups. And, and this is an important point. Now, really, think about it. Christianity is not a religion. It is actually a category of various diverse religions. There are literally thousands of different belief systems within the category of Christianity. So Christianity isn't a religion. It's a category of religions. And once again, what I'll be saying here, when, and, and this applies to all Yeshua Judaism podcasts, whenever I speak negatively about Christianity, I am not referring to individual Christians. That must be understood. My rebuke and my differences and my exposure of error is with regard to the category of religions, the Christianity religious system. It's not meant to apply to individual Christians because, frankly, I sincerely believe Christians are generally victims of Christianity. They do not understand the depth of error that is taught within Christianity. They're victims. They unfortunately trust their leaders and do not realize that many of those leaders, in fact most, are themselves uh, incapable of, of teaching truth. They are themselves ignorant of truth, and so they can't present truth if they don't know it themselves, and most Christian leaders don't. And most Christian leaders are also sincere and victims of prior centuries of brainwashing and dogmatizing and basically institutionalizing error. So, again, my attacks, my rebuke is toward the Christianity system of religion, a system that is lawless and pagan. It is not against Christians. Please understand that. Okay? I genuinely, I genuinely believe that Christians are unwitting, indoctrinated victims of Christianity's centuries-long tyranny, deceit, and false teachings. Again, my disagreement is not with the Christian victims. It is with the deceptive and potentially damning system of Christianity and its money-making leaders which have victimized them. My hope much like the hope of rescuing victims from an oppressive system of government, is to facilitate the rescue of Christian victims from the oppressively false system of Christianity. And I mentioned money-making. you got to understand, and this is true, let's face it, people, Christianity is a multinational mega-corporation. There are billions, possibly trillions, of dollars per year pouring into the coffers of Christianity. It is an international, global, mega-corporation par excellence. It is one of the most profitable, 
one of the largest corporations that have ever existed. That's a fact, people. Whether you want to admit it or not, it is a fact. Before going further, we need to define a couple of terms. First, Torah. Torah is the Hebrew word for teaching or instruction and is somewhat wrongly translated and assumed to be law within Christianity, that is, the law. I provide an in-depth definition of Torah within a separate discussion that can be found on the TorahMessiah.org website and which I hopefully, God willing, will put in audio form, podcast form, in the not-too-distant future. That is a discussion of oral Torah. So again, Torah is simply a Hebrew word. It, it means teaching or instruction. That's what it means. So when, when you hear the word Torah, it's simply teaching. It refers to God's teachings, specifically, or God's instructions. It doesn't refer to the law, as unfortunately people assume it does. Next, Tanakh. The Tanakh is what Christianity irreverently calls the Old Testament and is an acronym representing three Hebrew terms, Torah, Nephaim, and Ketuvim, that is the law, the prophets, and the writings. Thus, the law, the prophets, and the writings equals the Tanakh. Again, Christians irreverently call it the Old Testament. And it would be useful, Christians, if you stop that habit. It's not old. It is every bit as in force as, as it ever has been. Try to make a habit of using the term Tanakh, which is, again, an acronym for the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings, the, the Torah, the Nephaim, and Ketuvim. And I will use the term Tanakh from this point forward within the discussions, within this podcast to avoid being irreverent towards God and his teachings or Torah. All right. I'm going to assume a certain level of knowledge for you, the listener. It's assumed for the purposes of this discussion that you are familiar with Christianity's teaching that the Torah or law or instructions of God is no longer in effect. That is, it is assumed that you understand Christianity teaches that the Torah has been annulled, superseded, abrogated, abolished, replaced, nailed to the cross, or fulfilled. In other words, I expect you to already know that Christianity's position is strongly and fundamentally anti-Torah. This is such a soundly recognized fact of Christian ideology, that I will not endeavor to provide evidence to prove it. The anti-Torah teaching is doubtless the most universally accepted and customarily practiced dogma throughout all otherwise differing Christian organizations. It is true that in many cases, this anti-Torah teaching is an outgrowth of basic ignorance of Torah, and since most Christians and Christian leaders are cursed with such ignorance. An anti-Torah mindset is the natural result. Nevertheless, whether intentional or unintentional, the outcome is clearly an anti-Torah mindset. Evidence to support the premise proven within this discussion is shown by the fact that most Christians do not even know what Torah is. 
despite the fact that the written Torah constitutes the very core of biblical thought in both the Tanakh and in the New Testament. And they do not know, that is, Christians do not know, because Christian leaders do not inform them of this. Indeed, a primary proof of Christianity's severe departure from biblical doctrine is the fact that Torah holds no position of importance whatsoever in Christianity except for its rejection. Instead of being revered in Christianity, Torah is opposed and often even despised. Sadly, such a rejection is actually a rejection of both Yeshua, or Jesus, and God, since rejection of the teachings, or Torah, that Yeshua embraced, that is, the teachings and Torah of God, that Yeshua him himself embraced, is no different than rejection of Yeshua and the Eternal One, or God, who sent him to advance, clarify, and expound upon those teachings, upon the Torah. All right, so my point there, I'm assuming that if you're a Christian and listening, that you realize Christianity as a fundamental teaching is anti-Torah. It rejects the Torah and teaches against the Torah. That is a universally accepted belief within the Christianity category of religions. However, I hasten to add that there are Christian groups who do not agree with that. There are Christians group, excuse me, Christian groups, and of course, Messianics in Messianic Judaism who would differ with that, and they embrace Torah and pursue Torah. But in general, the overwhelming number of groups within the Christianity category of religions is anti-Torah. All right, the current state of affairs. Typical Christians whether they realize it or not, and despite their honesty, do not and never have followed Christ. And this includes those who sincerely and vigorously claim otherwise. Instead, they follow their church's teachings, regardless of how contrary to Scripture those teachings may be. Ironically, these Christians blindly and often knowingly discard the faith example and teachings of the very person whom they claim to worship, Yeshua the Messiah, generally known by his incorrect name, Jesus the Christ. Now, I often say that they knowingly uh, discard his faith example and teachings because there are many Christian leaders who unapologetically teach that Messiah's or Christ's example is not to be followed. Christians who are deceived by such leaders will openly admit that they do not consider following the example of Christ to be necessary. Those Christians flatly reject Christ's example when that example is shown to differ with what their church teaches. And that difference is very easy to prove. And to show. Christianity's common misuse and severe misunderstanding of the Apostle Paul's teachings is a primary problem, 
which Christianity incorrectly claims, teaches that the Torah is no longer in effect. So that's a big part of the problem, people. Christianity, the category of Christianity religious uh, religions, generally wrongly teaches that the Apostle Paul rejected Torah and was anti-Torah. That is completely false. And we'll get into that later within these discussions. By overruling Messiah's teachings and example, with its misinterpreted and distorted understanding of the Apostle Paul's teachings, Christianity has seated their version of the Christ-devoted Apostle Paul above Christ. Let me say that again. By using the Apostle Paul's teachings, that is actually by misusing and misinterpreting the Apostle Paul's teachings, to overrule Messiah's teachings and Messiah's example, Christianity proves that it literally seats the Apostle Paul above Christ. In fact, if the dominant focus within Christianity upon their distortions of the Apostle Paul's writings is recognized and admitted, along with how those distortions are used to usurp all other teachings in Scripture, then Christianity is proven to have effectively seated their version of the Apostle Paul on the throne of God. I will expand upon this observation later within these podcasts on how Christianity teaches against following Christ. Let me briefly touch upon the law versus grace situation. The man-made law versus grace debate has been ongoing since the disastrous apostasy of Christianity in 4th century Rome. Actually, it began in 2nd century. Authentic Christianity began in the 1st century in Jerusalem and is simply a sect of Judaism, which, as I've mentioned, I call Yeshua Judaism. And we discuss that often within these podcasts. This law versus grace debate generally and wrongly centers upon the alleged teachings of the Apostle Paul, which we just mentioned, and which are misinterpreted severely within Christianity. Amazingly, and this is truly amazing, people, the teachings of the Messiah, or Christ, on the matter of law versus grace, are rarely, if ever, considered within Christianity. Isn't it odd that Christianity largely ignores the teachings and faith example of the very Messiah it claims to promote? Now, this is a critical point, Christian. If you're a Christian, this is critical. It's a fact. Whenever the law versus grace debate is raging within Christianity, whenever you have Christianity advancing the idea that the Torah or law has been abolished, they usually focus on generally the epistles of the, of the Apostle Paul, whom they grossly misinterpret due to their ignorance of oral Torah, and they virtually never discuss or mention what Christ had to say on the matter, what Messiah had to say on the matter. His faith example and his teachings regarding the Torah are ignored by Christianity. Now, 
Let's pursue another quick definition. Some people may have not listened to other podcasts and may not know what I'm referring to when I use the term Yeshua Judaism. So let me very briefly define that. Yeshua Judaism is a term that I use to to properly define the true Torah faith that Yeshua was sent by God to promote. He and his original followers sought to reestablish what was and has since more so become a perversion of Torah by Akiva Judaism or Rabbinic Judaism. They also sought to reinstill the true intent of God's Torah within Israel, to reinvigorate it by ridding it of its severe elitism, which had occurred due to the extremely elitist mindset of Judaism's leaders, and to spread it to all nations and peoples of the world, instead of among only the Jews, as is taught by those elitist leaders within Akiva or Rabbinic Judaism today. His efforts, that is the efforts of Yeshua, to reestablish, reinstill, reinvigorate, and spread Torah universally, is the primary reason why, then and now, he and his initial followers were, and still are, hated within the Judaism that was birthed by those elitist Pharisaic leaders we see in the New Testament. What is commonly called Judaism today is a faith that is actually based upon the biased opinions of a specific highly esteemed man, Rabbi Akiva, and a small number of his followers whose opinions are found within the Mishnah and numerous other writings of the sages, Jewish sages. One of those followers individually acquired, parsed, and ultimately compiled the Mishnah. The Gemara, which is also based upon the biased opinions of that Akiva-based sect within Judaism and which represents commentary on the Mishnah, was subsequently added to the Mishnah to ultimately become the Talmud, upon which Judaism is totally based. Today's rabbinic or orthodox Judaism can legitimately be called Akiva Judaism or Akivaism. And I discussed that in the four-part series in which I define and itemize the differences between Yeshua Judaism and Akiva Judaism. Okay, now we'll go on and proceed with the topic of this discussion. A typical argument put forth by most Christians is that the death of Messiah on the cross abrogated or did away with the law or Torah. In order to prove this, now this is listen to what I'm about to say. This is very important. In order to prove this, they must show that Messiah never taught that the Torah would be applicable after his death. If it can be shown otherwise, then their argument is nullified. Now, one more time, let me state this. This is, this is a basic, fundamental, important point that lies at the very proof that basically is the basis of proof for Christianity's error when they teach against the Torah. This is very important. Listen to this. In order to prove that the Torah was abolished, done away with, or abrogated by the death and resurrection of Yeshua, Christianity must show beyond doubt that Messiah never endorsed 
the study and practice of Torah by his followers after his death and resurrection. If it can be shown he did teach that Torah study and practice by his followers should continue after his death and resurrection, then the anti-Torah foundation argument of Christianity crumbles into a smoldering heap of ruin. I will conclusively prove that Messiah did indeed promote, during his earthly ministry, before his death, before his death and resurrection, that Torah should be revered and obeyed by his followers after his death and resurrection. This means that Yeshua the Messiah directly refutes the absurd and false belief of Christianity that his death put an end to the Torah. By bringing Messiah's own teachings and example into the law versus grace debate, the question of whether or not Torah should be applicable in the lives of Christians is settled, and debating over what the Apostle Paul may or may not have taught is totally irrelevant. It is for this reason that Messiah's teachings and faith example regarding the Torah are generally avoided by Christian leaders. They don't, they don't want to focus on what Christ himself had to say. They're avoided by the Christian leaders whenever they speak about the law versus grace issue. Well, unlike Christian leaders... I will not ignore Yeshua, excuse me, Yeshua's teachings. I will not ignore the teachings and faith example of Messiah. I will instead elevate them to the supreme level which they should occupy among those who claim to believe in the Messiah who is introduced in the New Testament, that is, Yeshua the Messiah. All right, real quickly. Stop signs. Now, <clears throat> and, I, and I put this out there for the benefit of those who may read the written article. Within the written article, I have placed little stop sign graphics, all right? And I, <clears throat> I did that to illustrate where the teachings of Messiah undeniably refer to a future scenario of faith after his death and resurrection. I could have placed those graphics at just about every single instance where Messiah addresses the law or Torah since all his teachings are applicable in the lives of his followers after his death. However, I chose to limit the graphic symbol to only those places that are so blatant in their post-resurrection reference that they are beyond dispute. That stop sign becomes a barrier of truth that the people who feel the law or Torah has been abrogated cannot logically explain away. The only way those individuals can get around it is for them to admit that they do not care what Messiah says. They do not care what, what Christ says or does. In short, they must admit that either they have no interest in following Christ or that they prefer to follow a false Christ, an antichrist. 
If you are a Christian who believes that the Torah has been abolished, superseded, or even made optional, then after listening to this podcast, you will have to decide whom you wish to follow. Who do you feel has greater authority? Will you follow and give authority to Messiah Yeshua? Or will you supplant his authority with what with that of your Christian leaders who teach you to ignore or to discard the example and teachings of Messiah? Okay, I'll give one more brief preliminary definition. And then after that, it's actually a very convenient spot to end this first part of our discussion. And we'll continue it on in part two. But the preliminary definitions. As stated earlier, Torah is the Hebrew word for teaching or instruction and is often rendered somewhat incorrectly as law in English translations of Scripture. Its use in conversation and writing may refer to the five books of Moses, number one, the five books of Moses, that is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Number two, it could refer to the law, the prophets, and the writings, that is the entire Tanakh, what Christianity calls the Old Testament. Number three, it could also refer to the traditions or opinions, that is the oral Torah of Jewish sages. I discuss this aspect of Torah in great detail, in great depth, in a separate location, which I mentioned earlier, where I discuss the legitimacy and necessity of oral Torah. And again, God willing, I will have that in podcast form. Or number four, it could refer to all of the above. Now remember, so number one, the term Torah or law could refer to the five books of Moses. It could refer to the entire Tanakh. It could refer to the traditions or opinions that is the oral Torah of Jewish sages, or it could refer to all of those. All right, given those four definitions, I personally do not completely accept Torah as defined by Numbers 3 and 4 to be the eternal and infallible Torah. However, my differences do not approach the point of large-scale rejection of such material. Therefore, in this discussion, I will define Torah as number four, with reservations. To say that Torah is properly defined using simply numbers one and two, that is simply basically the five books of Moses and the Tanakh, is incorrect. But it is also incorrect, in my opinion, to accept all of the oral Torah as being legitimate. Definition number one, that is the five books of Moses, often mistakenly called the law, but which more accurately would be termed the teachings or instructions of God, is definitely the core, heart and soul, of Torah, along with definition number two, that is the Tanakh, in a broader sense. Nevertheless, there is no doubt in my opinion from studying it and from recognizing so much of it present in the New Testament particularly the innerescence of Torah, that oral Torah very often contains divine teachings that were passed down from Moses. But in my opinion, not all oral Torah is of such divine origin. Okay, the New Testament versus the Tanakh, or the Older Testament. It is important to note 
that within the New Testament, it is clear that the writers did not consider their writings to be the Torah or teachings of God. And I elaborate on that topic within a separate discussion in which I prove that. Nevertheless, those writings, that is the New Testament, should certainly be considered divinely inspired teachings so long as they are properly interpreted from the Hebraic context in which they were written and verified by referencing the Tanakh, or Older Testament, just as was done by the Bereans, referenced in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 11. I am personally of the opinion that the New Testament is a form of oral Torah, and I discuss that at length in the Oral Torah article. All right, now we'll pause this part one in which we prove that Christianity actually does not teach to follow Christ. And I ask you to pick it up because we'll actually get into the meat of it. This, this first part one has really been more of an introduction. Uh, in part two, we'll start referencing verses from the, from the Gospels and words from Yeshua himself. So we'll really jump right into the actual uh, scriptural study in part two. So I appreciate you listening. This is an extremely important series. This, this three or four part series in which we discuss how Christianity teaches against following Christ is very, very important for Christians to hear. That's why, as I said at the very beginning, if there is one thing that I wish Christians could hear or read, it is this. They need to understand that Christianity does not teach to follow Christ. It actually teaches against following Christ, and it's extremely easy to prove. And beginning, starting with part two, the next part, we will dive right into those proofs. So I appreciate you listening. Thank you again, and goodbye.